45 degrees outside. We've been getting hit with snow throughout the week. Got a break today, but here in about an hour or so, the snow will fall again. Right in time for the drive to work tomorrow. I cannot complain though, because I know that other places are getting it way worse than where I'm at here in Kentucky. So I hope everybody's staying safe, staying warm, staying cozy. Post it up in front of your television getting caught up on movies, getting caught up on movies. What? There's, there's so many movies and shows added to my two or three streaming services that I pay for. I'm so overwhelmed. I, I can't even begin to think about what I want to watch. I know that's what you're thinking. I know. But first of all, you're paying for about six or seven streaming services. You don't know it, but I promise if you check your bank account, you're actually paying for about six or seven streaming services, not two or three. Second, there is a lot of shit littering the streaming service platforms and Fandango now, all the video on demand services. But I promise there is so much good shit out there right now. A lot of stuff that I would have loved to see at the cinemas. I love going to the movie theaters. You should know that about me right now. I love going to the movie theaters so fucking much. It's my favorite thing to do. That place is like church for me. I wish they had pamphlets in the back of the seat to read while you're waiting for the show to start up. Similar to Bibles in the back of church pews. I would really enjoy that. Anywho, my name is Dr. Goodshag. I am a starving artist. Not really. I just have a, a YouTube page, Goodshag Productions, where we make short films, and we haven't made one in about a year or so. But in our hiatus, I have been featured on the Chronicles of Hoodie Craig once or twice. And uh, I'm just kind of the movie guy. And I've been asked by the wonderful Hoodie Craig himself to just throw him some audio of me talking about anything. And what else do I know aside from movies? So the stars have aligned to put me here to recommend some films to you listeners. The date is February 17th, 2021. I have not seen every movie that's come out this year. I haven't seen every movie that came out last year. I haven't seen a lot of movies. I still haven't seen Tombstone. Um, I still haven't seen Boys in the Hood. I have so many fucking movies I've bought and haven't watched. I have, I have Amazon wish lists on Amazon wish lists of shit that I need. So yeah, I'll, I'll come out and I'll say I haven't seen every movie ever. So I'm not a movie expert, I'm just a movie guy. I will talk your ear off and recommend so many films to you. But for tonight, for time's sake, I'm only going to talk about maybe three. I'll talk about three. 
The first movie I want to talk about is Judas and the Black Messiah, directed by Shaka King. And the reason I want to talk about Judas and the Black Messiah first is because you, listener, are on a time limit to watch it. This is one of the first of many Warner Brothers films to get a theatrical run while simultaneously being released to HBO Max. It was released on February 12th, so I believe you have until about March 12th to check this out on HBO Max before it's taken off the service, and you have to watch it either in theaters or at a later release date. So get on it. This movie's awesome. Judas and the Black Messiah is a biopic, a true story. Daniel Kaluuya plays real-life figure the chairman of the Illinois chapter of the Black Panther Party in the late 1960s where this film takes place. Fred Hampton, chairman Fred Hampton, was very ahead of his time. This was after the assassination of Malcolm X, after the assassination of Martin Luther King Jr. when the Black Panther Party was really growing in popularity and really beneficial for their communities. It shows in the film that the Black Panther Party, I did not know this until I read up on the movie afterwards. They really started the idea of um, feeding programs for children in school who couldn't afford to eat, who aren't given the benefit of it. The Black Panther Party provided free breakfast for children, extracurricular activities, clubs for children of color in the community. But what really kind of made Fred Hampton just like so ahead of his time, in my eyes, was his, um, his work towards the Rainbow Coalition, which was a movement that brought together multiple um, political organizations. It was like a multicultural movement. Like it shows in the film, him and his Black Panther Party rolling up into other black gangs territories. But not just them, but um, like they roll into a, like a, like a building full of these Confederate redneck guys that, of course, give them shitty looks as soon as they walk in. But as soon as they start hearing what Fred Hampton has to say, you know, he's coming out saying, look, we're all broke. We're all poor. We're all in the streets. You know, it's not just black people. It's, it's everybody. We're, we're all struggling. We all need to come together to fight back on, um, the government that doesn't help anybody. They tax us, but we don't get help. We just get fucked up in the streets and we get, we get fucked over for our education. We're all getting shitty educations. We're not being taken care of the way that the U.S. government pretends to take care of people. And this really fucking pissed off J. Edgar Hoover. Real life asshole director of the FBI played excellently in this movie by the 
wonderful Martin Sheen, who you never really see too often anymore. It's always great to see Martin Sheen. But J. Edgar Hoover is really cracking down on really any political movement led by people of color. He was strongly against um, even Martin Luther King Jr. Like, you know, anybody during the civil rights movement because he viewed their semi-socialist, sometimes, you know, fully socialist ideas that they presented. He saw them as a, as a threat to the American way and saw, you know, political organizations like these as bigger threats to America than fucking communist Russia. So he was really working to shut Fred Hampton down. And that is where William O'Neill, Bill O'Neill, another real life figure, comes into play. Bill is played by the always excellent, one of the greatest actors of our generation, Lakeith Stanfield, Darius from Atlanta. He was also in Sorry to Bother You. I think it's on Hulu. Please fucking watch. Sorry to bother you. Holy shit, man. That, anyway. William carries a forged FBI badge to, to get people off their guards so he can boost their cars and steal them. <clears throat> and he gets caught in the very start of the film and is taken in by FBI Special Agent Roy Mitchell, played by Jesse Plemons from Breaking Bad. And uh, he was in some other sports show. Uh, Friday night something. How embarrassing. I don't even know. Anyway. Bill is facing two years for the carjacking and five years for impersonating a federal agent. And Roy Mitchell tells Bill... You're going to serve all seven of those years in prison. Or you can infiltrate the Black Panther Party for us, which Bill does. As in real life, Bill does not serve any allegiance to the Black Panther Party. He is just trying to look out for himself. And throughout the film, even though he's looking out for his own neck and he's, you know, basically negotiating, look, I'll give you this better Intel for, for more money. Look, Keith Stanfield plays this character with such guilt. I don't know if the real life William O'Neill felt this guilt, the way that Lakeith portrays it, but, it's 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 heartbreaking even though he's a rat and he's really selling the black panthers up the river it's really fucked up to watch you really get pissed off at him as the movie goes on lakeith stanfield keeps you invested the acting in this movie is top notch and i'm ashamed to admit i i didn't know about any of this my uh kentucky southern state printed history books 
I guess, failed to mention anything about any black leaders outside of Martin Luther King Jr. and Malcolm X. I hardly got anything on Malcolm X, honestly, until the Spike Lee joint. But this movie is, it's excellent. It's heartbreaking. And a lot of it rings true to today's climate. A lot of it feels relevant. It's, it's really the perfect time for this movie to come out. And it's the perfect time to watch it before HBO takes it off of their platform. And you got to go see it in theaters. So watch Judas and the Black Messiah on HBO Max. That is my first recommendation of the night. Excellent film. And after, before I forget, if you're still interested in the story, you know, you can read up on the real life events and how accurate the film was. But Michael Moore has a podcast called Rumble. And he had on Fred Hampton Jr., who is the current leader of the Black Panther Cubs and consultant on the film, as well as Shaka King, the director of the film. And I think he, I think he co-wrote it as well. Um, and it's a great two-hour discussion where Fred Hampton Jr. gets further into the FBI's involvement in it's not conspiracy. It's fact that they had a lot of great leaders killed. The, uh, the FBI did. And uh, it, it, it's just a great interview. If you're still interested in the topic after the film, check that out as well. It's a great listen. On a lighter note, my second film recommendation of the evening it's not on a streaming service. You're going to have to rent it video on demand because it was meant to come to cinemas, I think, in December. This was a 2020 release called Druck, which is Danish for another round. When you look it up, you're going to look up another round. It's a Danish film directed by Thomas Vinderberg and starring Maz Mikkelsen, who were also working together on The Hunt or Yagton, which is another extremely powerful movie. This was maybe like four or five years ago. Another great recommendation, but I'll, I'll talk about that another day. In another round, a group of four high school teachers that are, that are all friends, they're just, they're really bored with life. They're really bored with teaching, it seems. They can't connect with their students. And uh, our main character, played by Maz Mikkelsen, is Martin, who we see he cannot connect with his wife. And during the parent-teacher conference of the month or whatever, every student in his class has both of their parents with them and every one of those parents are concerned that their kids are not going to get high marks on their tests to get into good colleges because this teacher is doing such a shitty fucking job of connecting with them 
this guy is fucking miserable. And when he's out at a birthday dinner with, with these, these three other friends, he really lets it out of the bag and he really lets them know how depressed he is. And uh, eventually they, they start drinking a little bit. And they eventually get into the topic of, um, I can't remember the name of, of the man who had this theory. But they, they begin talking about a, a theory proposed by a man who claims that having a blood alcohol level of 0.05 will make you more creative and more relaxed and as a result, happier and more likely to succeed throughout the day. Martin, with really nothing else to lose, takes a bottle of vodka to his school. He hides out in the stall, takes a few swigs before class. Then he stumbles to class. Kind of stumbles. It's not a horrible stumble, but he's, he's I think he has a breathalyzer on the first day. And he sees it. He's like, he's right there. He's at 0.05 and he stumbles into class and he's like trying to hold back the giggles as he's like telling them all to sit down and stuff. And usually every word of that out of this guy's mouth, the, the kids won't even look up from what they're doing because, you know, why would they? He's, he doesn't care about what he's doing. Why should they care to listen? But he's, he's really beginning to engage in topics and real life topics to them and connecting them to history. I think he's a history teacher. And by the end of the class, he's fucking rocking it. He's, he's really hitting it off with these kids and the whole, the whole class is essentially cheering for him. He goes out to his car and he can't drive home. So one of his other three teacher friends that he discussed this theory with to begin with picks him up and rides him back to, to hang out with the circle of four of them. And he, uh, Martin tells them that he tested the experiment out on himself and it proved to be successful. And, and the other friends are like, well, shit, let's, let's make like an actual well-written theory on this. Like let's, let's embark on this insane experiment. And, these these four men all agree on some ground rules like they can only drink on weekdays they they don't drink on the weekends with their families you know they spend time with their families to bond with their families after a hopefully successful week and they all start going to school uh with with breathalyzers to make sure that they're right there at that level they don't want to go above that 0.05 level and all four of them start doing a much better job with teaching. They start doing uh, better at home with their, with their wives and, and families because they're not so stressed out throughout the entire week. And, you know, they're, they're not just like turning into alcoholics. They're actually trying to take this experiment seriously and find happiness through it. And it's, it's fucking working for them. Um, but as things tend to go, they start to, uh, want to knock up the blood alcohol level to 0.10 
and uh it just kind of <laughs> it kind of kind of goes from there and you know that what they're doing isn't right you shouldn't be drinking while teaching kids but you get a sense of satisfaction seeing these miserable middle-aged men finally happy and finally connecting with their students and, and all their students are finally getting better grades and they're, they're getting better relationships with their families. But as their experiment goes further, the, uh, their families and coworkers begin to notice differences for better at first, but eventually for worse, things start to get a little out of hand and the film builds to, I don't want to say anything. It's a great ending. I'll never, I'll never forget that final shot. <laughs> the final shot of the, the final like two minutes of this movie. That's all I'll say. Um, but the, the, the interesting thing about this is even though the, it's about, you know, middle-aged men going through like a midlife crisis. It's, it's fun. Um, it's not a drag. And it's really not picking a side as far as this film says alcohol is bad because look what happens. Or this film says alcohol is good because look at the – you're observing an experiment and it has its highs and it has its lows. And it's a great watch. Like I said, Maz Mikkelsen, he's one of my favorite actors. He plays um, Hannibal Lecter in the NBC Hannibal series. He was the villain of Doctor Strange. He's in so much great shit. Super underutilized as a Marvel villain. But that's, that's a discussion to have with, uh, with Hoodie Craig and BK another day. The acting is incredible, and it's it's funny. It's heartbreaking. It's a great watch. I like to think I've taken the COVID-19 pandemic seriously and trying to be a responsible member of society. I avoided movie theaters like the plague, no pun intended. But there were two movies that did draw me to go back to the cinemas. Um, Tenant, back in September of 2020. I had a lot of movie rewards points saved up. So I bought out like the whole row around my wife and I, because I was so fucking paranoid. And I had a, an N90 mask on. I looked like uh, John David Washington in the movie when he has that, that mask on. Um, the second movie that brought me to the cinemas was to celebrate my wife and I's shared birthday. We went and saw Promising Young Woman in a deserted Baxter Avenue theater. Promising Young Woman is directed by Emerald, Emerald Fennell. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. And it stars what is a fucking phenomenal performance from Carrie Mulligan as Cassie. 
I'm going to let you know right now, listeners, that the less you know about this movie, the better. Go watch it. This is another video on demand that you're going to have to pay a few bucks for because it's, I think it's actually still in theaters. But um, it's so worth the watch. It's, it's such a fucking twisty, twisted, brilliant film. So Cassie is celebrating her 30th birthday. She is still living at home with her parents. Her father played by Mr. Krabs himself, Clancy Brown. He's fucking hilarious in this movie. And she's working at a, as a barista in a coffee shop where she doesn't make much money. But everybody keeps mentioning that about a decade ago, she was top of her class medical student in college. Every night, it seems every night, she goes out to a bar or to a club and seemingly gets blackout drunk to attract the eyes of predators who want to take advantage of a drunk woman who cannot even stand up. She'll let these men take them, take her back to their house and drunkenly warn them, you know, I don't don't know about this. I don't want to do this telling them no as soon as they go through with trying to do something thinking that she's too drunk to stop them bam fucking sobers up and the fucking men are just shitting their pants one of them is played by McLovin it's a great scene but she's, she's essentially tricking these men and then scaring the fucking shit out of them for what is presumably the rest of their lives. <laughs> as satisfying as it is for Cassie to have these men shitting themselves, it doesn't downplay how disturbing it is that these men are, are taking advantage of, of women. You know, it does not take that topic lightly. The film does a really good job of um, having this character's story centered around this very touchy subject. And in equal measures, it, it, keeps, it keeps itself, um, I, w- I want to say fun. It's so much fun watching Carrie Mulligan just dominate every fucking scene she's in and every fucking confrontation and conversation that she has i'm telling you she's she's worth the price of admission alone it's very satisfying to watch as it is disturbing to know that it happens in real life and that there aren't always women like cassie scaring these men away But she does it in this film, and she keeps a journal marking everybody that she's done it to. And you can see in her journal, she's done it a lot. Something happened in medical school, and she, through trauma, is hindered 
from moving on. But moving on is not what she wants to do. Everybody else who knows about this tragic incident has moved on or is pretending to move on. And this fucking pisses her off to no end. When she's not fooling these men and scaring the shit out of them. Rightfully so. She is meeting with, I think there's three different scenes, meeting with people who know what happened in this event, who she kind of wants to give a taste of their own medicine to. And while the film might seem ham-fisted to some, as far as, you know, just being a simple, don't be a rapist type film. It goes, it goes much deeper than that. And it begins to ride a very fine line whenever she gets to, as I said before, give these people a taste of their own medicine and kind of enact her own form of revenge. It really rides a fine line of, is this woman <laughs> also a bad guy? <laughs> But Carrie Mulligan is just so fucking hypnotic and badass. Um, and also, um, she meets a, a character, a customer at the coffee shop she works at, played by Bo Burnham, comedian Bo Burnham, and writer and director of Eighth Grade. Bo Burnham is great. I'm sure you know who he is. He's a younger comedian. If not, look into him. He's fucking hilarious. But he, he plays a very charming fellow who she meets in this movie. And is kind of serves as cause this guy might actually be her proof that, you know, some men are, are, are decent. So all this stuff is going on at once. And it all leads to a insane climax that is fronted by a scary orchestral version of Britney Spears as toxic that I have been unable to get out of my head since watching it. The movie is disturbing. The movie is very darkly funny. There's a lot of, of dark comedy mixed in. And I, I don't even want to throw more adjectives onto it to describe this movie. It's really, I've never seen anything like it. And you just, I, I've, I know I've explained a lot, but I have avoided a lot of detail as well. I like to think I have because there's a lot of twists and turns and surprises in this movie. And it's definitely worth the watch. Promising young woman. Excellent movie. I know I said, that I would only be recommending three films. But I'm going to go on about a fourth film and keep to my promise and not recommend it to you. This is a segment that I'm calling What the Fuck Are You Watching? Based on my personal pet peeve of when I'm trying to watch something that ends up having a weird or very inconveniently placed scene as someone walks in the room 
sees what's happening on screen and says, what the fuck are you watching? Leave me alone. I'm watching some fucking weird shit. And now tonight I come to you to tell you about this film. Justine is a vegetarian. Her entire family, they're vegetarians. And Justine is going to veterinary school where her older sister, Alexia, I believe is her name. Alexia, yes, Alexia. She's been attending it for a few years. The moment that Justine, I think it's her first night there, sleeping there, people come in her room, in her dorm, fucking throw her mattress out the window. She realizes she is already being hazed. She's in a big group of all the first years, and they're getting guided down the hall and brought underground into this fucking fun, insane club life that all the upperclassmen have started and are initiating them into. Her older sister, Alexia, are, are one of the elders, as they call themselves, who have been there for a minute. And for one of her initiation tasks, she has to eat raw rabbit kidneys. Now she is a vegetarian. She's like, I'm not doing this. Her sister, is the one to pretty much force it into her mouth, say, don't be a fucking pussy. Her sister starts eating like three rabbit kidneys. It's no big deal to her. I've been lying to mom and dad. I'm not really a vegetarian. Come on, do it. Don't look like a bitch. So Justine eats the rabbit liver. Rabbit kidney. What is it? It's fucking gross. And goes about her day. But throughout the day, and once she's in bed, she starts getting rashes all over her body. She's itching like fucking crazy. She, she's like really craving meat. She starts doing little things like uh, trying to pocket a, a, a hamburger patty in her pocket. Like she doesn't want everybody to know. And she also has a roommate called Adrian who she's hiding it from. You know, she's just kind of ashamed to be breaking her lifelong vegetarianism. She's sneaking all this meat, but she's still craving meat. Like nothing is really satisfying her. She fucking breaks into Adrian's fridge in the middle of the night and starts eating like raw chicken. It's fucking disgusting. Oh, it's so gross to watch. She's still craving meat, though. And she starts going a little wacky, man. She starts having, like, weird nightmares, and weird visions, and, like, night terrors. Like she's unable to really sleep. That's all she can think about. It's just, like, fucking fulfilling these cravings that she's having. And, like, she's starting to, like, chew on her hair. Like, she's getting, like, real fucked up in the head over this, right? One night, her sister, Alexia, 
and her are drinking together. And they go back to Alexia's room. And Alexia offers to give Justine a, uh, a Brazilian wax, like a bikini wax. But the wax gets stuck on her pubic hairs, right? So Alexia goes to take a pair of scissors and it's like, I'll get it for you. And just Justine, you know, they're both fucking drunk. She's like, get away from me. Get away, get away, get away. Kicks the scissors. And they both look down. Alexia's finger is fucking chopped off. Clean off. And Alexia faints. Now, Alexia also has a dog there. Justine does not want the dog to eat it, so she picks up the finger. She calls the, the medics or the police or whatever. They're going to be there in like 15 minutes. So she's fucking freaking out, and she's sitting there holding on to the finger. And then she sits down, leaned up against the fridge, just watching her sister pass out. And she keeps checking out this finger. <laughs> And uh, I don't want to go any more into the film. You can watch it for yourself. But I will tell you that it gets a lot worse than this girl eating her sister's finger and her sister waking up during the act. <laughs> um, I won't even say the name of this film if, you really, if you're really curious enough I know you'll find it but it deserved a mention for the what the fuck are you watching section of this episode as a semi-extended film discussion I thought because as insane as it gets, the movie is so well acted, so well shot, it's hypnotic in its direction that, man, I've, I can watch a lot of shit, but I haven't had movies make me wince like that and make me just, uh, and I loved every minute of it. I couldn't take my eyes off it. <laughs> So yeah, um, when you're flipping through your six or seven streaming services or endless new releases on your Fandango Now app, uh, I don't want to find out that any of you listeners said you didn't have anything new to watch. There are three film recommendations from yours truly that I promise are worth your time. They're all three great movies in their own way. Um, the fourth movie, I would argue, is worth your time as well if you can stomach it, if you have no interest based on the sound of it, about someone eating their sister's finger. Forget I said anything. This is Dr. Good Shag, signing off from a very unorganized first-time attempt at recommending some movies to you guys. I'm waiting on the snow to fall still. 
I don't have my glasses on, so I can't fucking tell if it is snowing or not. But I hope everybody stays safe, stays warm, stays cozy. And enjoy some movies. You owe it to yourself to not watch Friends in the office for the 20th time in a row, but to uh, branch out and watch some good films because they're out there. <laughs>